What's going on, everybody? Chris and Aaron here. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get into the show, obviously, we have to address the elephant in the room. Um, the NFL lost a true, true legend this past day. Um, Amen. Ob- yeah, obviously, he was a huge inspiration to all of us. True underdog story. Um, I love how transparent he was with all of the people, um, you know, kids and adults alike. I mean, obviously, he, he even gave us a glance to his morning routine. First thing he does in the morning. Takes a piss. He takes a piss. I mean, he's just like one of us, but he's a true NFL athlete. His run in 2017 was unbelievable. Underdog story, and he will be missed. Definitely wanted to just address that before we went on. He definitely deserves all of our respect. You talking about Cole Beasley, Chris? Cole? Cole Beasley? Nah, nah, bro. I'm talking about Blake Bortles. Ah, got me. Powder folks, let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. You got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to another episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, as always, Chris Mitchum, owner of Team Fairlife. I am joined by, respectively, the defending champion, owner of Team Let Russ Cook, Aaron Hunt. Ooh, respectfully this week. I like that. I don't like you, so I have yeah, to. Yeah, you do. But it, I have to do it respectfully. I don't like saying it. I mean, I like hearing you say it, so that has to stand for something. It's a respect thing. It's a respect thing. No Tim this week. Obviously, fam comes first. He had a family issue come up, so we will miss him this week. But don't you worry. He's got him pick him in, or he's got his pickums in, and he's got his power rankings in. So those are still considered in the overall rankings. Pack show for you this week as always we have a juicy probably long-awaited trade ring that we've all been waiting for of course we have the week four review updated power rankings the this league what guarantee is back again this week and we have the week five preview first off week four reactions the colts suck again they certainly I'm do just, oh my god I mean, it's just every game. I watch it, and I have optimism going into the game. As I know you do, Chris, we were watching the game together at your place with Samson at our side. Amen. And didn't seem to help us much because (laughs) the Colts still sucked, and Matt Ryan still fumbles the football. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't. Is it the line? I think, honestly, a lot of it starts with the line. I do. Like I think that's what Matt Ryan was sold on coming here. And the fact that Pryor was just getting owned every single snap. I saw one snap, even two, where Quentin Nelson, like your $100, $100 million guard, got owned by Danico Autry. Multiple snaps. I'm like, what are we doing? And obviously that doesn't help JT. That doesn't help Matt Ryan, who just looks super sad when he gets sacked. Just so old and decrepit and sad. And the defense, they stiffened up in the second half, but it just... They didn't stiffen me up. Nothing about the nothing about the team performance did. No, nope, so. no, nope, real flaccid, real yeah. flaccid. And on behalf of Tim, uh, obviously he said he basically bet his soul on the Bengals last week to beat the Jets. Thankfully, that is not why he's absent, <laughs> because the Bengals won. Um, so that's good for him. Uh, let's see what Colts moved to one, two, and one, and the Bengals Bengals moved to 
two and two. That sounds right. No, wait. The Bengals beat the Dolphins last week. What am I saying? I'm a week. I'm a week behind. Yeah, they did beat the Dolphins. Sorry, they beat the they beat. Yeah, they beat the Dolphins last week. Jets week before that. Yeah, so. to go to two and two. Ignore what you just heard. I'm sorry. Don't count that. Drink of the week time. Um, Aaron, we are at your place today, so you supplied the beverage. I've never had this before, but uh, it's pretty tasty, if I may say so myself. It is indeed. It's uh, from a great company called Cutwater, mm-hmm. a lime margarita, mm-hmm. the best cocktail in a can on the market, in my opinion. <clears throat> I think Chris might agree. It tastes like a margarita. Like Usually these, these little cocktails in a can just taste like juice to me. You could taste the tequila in this sucker, I'll tell you what. <laughs> hey, it's 12%, baby. Sheesh. All right. Well, now that you're tuned in, now that you're snuggled into your car or your couch or your, you know, Humvee, if you're Hayden, I don't know where he's at these days, you know? Anybody driving a Hummer? That's what I'm saying. Well, do they make those anymore? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. My grandma always wanted a Hummer. It's vintage. Growing now. up. Yeah. She said she always wanted like a machine gun cockpit on the top of it. What'd they call the Toyota <laughs> ones that looked like a Hummer? The Forerunners. Yeah. I just got a RAV4 and they call the RAV4s the baby Forerunners. Ooh. Fun so, fact there. Yeah. I guess I'm just a baby. I got the <laughs> RAV4. Nothing special here. All right. Let's get into this. It was a long awaited trade ring. The This League Trade and Ring. Gentlemen, welcome in to the This League Trade Ring. If you are new, here are the rules. Two teams enter with two, or not even two trades, just one trade happened. Um, but Aaron and I will be the judge of the trade. We count down to three. We say who we think wins the trade, and they exit the This League Trade Ring victorious we don't just take into account the players we take into account the players skills the team's agenda and the team's overall desires whether you're rebuilding win now whatever that may be let's get into this uh aaron tell us the details of the trade so here is the trade in its entirety we'll start with clayton and the red rocket he received a 2024 first-round pick. I like that. A 2024 second-round pick. Not bad. Jeff Wilson, running back, San Francisco. Okay. Dawson Knox, tight end, Buffalo. He was looking for tight end help. All right, that's fine. Signed that's a fine. long-term deal in the offseason, right. so going to be there at least for the next couple of years. So you got a first. You got a solid running back. You got a maybe up-and-coming tight end. We'll see. So surely, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a decent haul. What did he give away? I'll tell you who he gave away to Anthony oh, and all Team right. Uninspired Youth. Win now, Team Anthony. Here we go. Christian McCaffrey. Okay. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend himself. All right. <laughs> for the Carolina Panthers. And you would think, oh, maybe we stop there. Nope. Sure didn't. Curtis Samuel. Okay. Was that like top 15 wide receiver, Curtis Samuel, right now? Sure is. All right. Wide receiver for Washington. Surely that's, that's enough. Nope. No, oh, there's more. <laughs> 2023 third round pick. All right, all right. I have respect for third round picks. I used to just like treat him as trash. Now, I mean, Jahan Dotson, he was 210, but like, he's third round guy. Could have know? easily been an early third. I get right, that. Right, right, yeah. right. So, anyway. Okay. Well, you heard the players, you heard the trade. It's just Aaron and I this week. So, we're going to count down to three. Hopefully, it doesn't end 50 50 because that will be awkward. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, 
Anthony. Anthony. Okay. First of all, congrats to Anthony. TKO victory comes out on top of Clayton in this in this round. Now I know what everybody's thinking. Oh, Clayton lost. Blah 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 blah. Clayton lost this trade. Don't get me wrong, but at least he finally did what everybody and they mama has been clamoring for, which is trade probably your top asset for some picks. A first rounder is a first rounder. It's going to be good. Granted, it's going to be Anthony's. So it's in 2024. Does Anthony have one year left in his championship window? Does he have two? I don't know. But in all likelihood, he's at least going to be competitive next year. So you're probably looking at a mid to late first. Assuming that's Anthony's first, right? He didn't trade somebody else's. I think it was Anthony's first. I'm pretty sure it's Anthony's first. So the same goes for his second. You should know you have everybody else's first. (laughs) I know. I don't have Anthony's first, so maybe that's the case. But, um, yeah, I mean, props to Clayton for finally getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. Could you have gotten more? Yes. Um, Could you probably have kept Curtis Samuel? Yes, because Curtis Samuel is only 26. You know, Carson Wentz is there. Obviously, he's a— He's really that young? I think so. Obviously, Carson Wentz is there, so obviously he could, you know, develop a rapport there. Or if they get a shiny new quarterback next year, you know, he's still got a good three, four years left of his career in his prime. So I think that's a, also a really good piece that you probably should have tried to keep. But uh, yeah, I think Anthony wins this trade. It's not really close, but I mean, you have to give props to Clayton for finally cashing in on Christian McCaffrey. Got yourself a shiny new first. Yeah, I give him props for doing a move to get some draft capital, which he desperately needs. I agree. I would have loved to see him try to get some draft capital in 2023, especially given the fact that it's loaded at RB in 2023. We're not really sure about 2024 yet. You know, early speculation is saying that 2024 is going to be a pretty loaded class as well. But with that being said, I just... I think if I were Clayton, I need to trade Christian at an absolute premium, especially this early in the season. And I think Christian's value is only going to rise. I mean, it already just did right after he traded him this week. Mm-hmm. And so if you wait till the trade deadline when people are more desperate... That's that's probably what my recommendation would have been. Yeah. I think maybe you get a bit of a bigger haul. Because I, mean, I definitely know there were more people in the mix to get Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, even trade deadline last year you saw my team i think my offer to him was three firsts and somebody dear god yeah so you know <laughs> uh yeah trade deadline people start doing stupid crap <laughs> they start getting super desperate because the nuts important that's you're, right you're going for it so not taking anything away from the what we already said thankful that clayton did do a trade and get Christian McCaffrey off the books and got some draft capital that he desperately needed. So we can't take that away from him. I just would have, for Clayton's sake, liked to see him get more. Yeah, I agree. So we both agree that Anthony wins this trade. Clayton did a great move for the future. I think if this doesn't set his season on fire this year, I don't know what does. (laughs) So he's totally in for the future. Shout out to Clayton. At least you're not on the fence anymore because... What's worse than being hot or cold is being warm and on the fence and kind of like the Pacers. <laughs> you're not good enough to get, you know, the the to win anything, but you're not bad enough to get the number one overall pick. So, hey, Benedi- don't be Benedict the Pacers. Maturin. Amen. That's all I got to say. Benedict Maturin. Or Maturin. Maturin. Whatever, however you say it. The Canadian. Great, great trade ring that was. And that brings us to the week four review. 
And what I will say about week four, it seemed like the teams that brought it freaking brought it, my guy. And the teams that didn't, well, did not. And what I mean by that is all the winning teams this week put up over 140 points. Don at 139, but we'll count that. 140 points for the winning teams. And all the losing teams failed to put up even 113 points. That is a terrible showing. So all that to say... We didn't really have any close nail biters come down to the wire this week. We had a lot of decisive victories this week, which might go a long way in establishing the tiers and the rankings in the said power rankings. So we're just going to go through these really quick. We're going to start off with Don and Team Don Perignon, who came into this one at 0-3, taking on Hayden at 2-1. and And as you mentioned, Don at 0-3, looking for his first win. And he gets it, man. Let's go. He gets it this week. Defeats Hayden soundly at wow. that. Okay. 139 to 113 in this one. Check him out. And I think we start with Miles Sanders. Oh, my goodness. Looking great. He is alive and well. Looking almost like, I would say, a fringe RB1 these days. He's finally getting the workload. I mean, yeah. he's finally healthy. I feel like that he just hasn't been healthy the past two years. And he just exploded against a formidable Jags D, who you know, has been pretty solid this year against opposing running backs. Cooks, Higby, Alave, and Brown all showed up for Don. 15 points or more for every single one of those guys. And Higby especially I was know. impressive. 14 he, targets. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like Kyle – or no, it's not. Never mind. Let's <laughs> say Kyle Pitts numbers. but uh, <laughs> that, that, that one hurt, Chris. <laughs> that one hurt. But Higby especially. He was very impressive. With 17 points, and he needed that to happen to match the mute, the mute, elute, with 15 points on the other side. Rodgers, respectable outing against the Patriots on the road. You'll take 20 points, I think, all day, because that won't kill you at the QB position. Uh, for Hayden, he had some crucial pieces not really show up for him to the party. Uh, m- most notably, Waddle with six Mm -hmm. points on Thursday Night Football. That's not a great start for Hayden. Hated that for him. And then you continue with James Conner. He only had 10 points. I am, I am, I mean, I don't know if he was even thought of high enough to warrant this, but, like, James Conner, brother, if you're not getting in the end zone, you are toasty. Like, toast, toast. Like, he's... He hasn't put up more than 15 points in a year or in a game this year. Running back 29 right now. He was drafted at least in a redraft. Second round, top 10 running back, you thought. Dynamic offense, goal line running back, three down running back. He has not been that. Yep. And coming off a pretty big contract, he just signed too. Correct. Yards per carry hasn't been there for him. I agree. It's uh, hopefully he can turn it around, but kind of some panic right now. Yep. Singletary also. Regressed pretty bad from last week. 10 points uh, as well. And Greg Dorch. The Dorch. Surely he went off again with a name like the Dorch. No, he no he didn't. No. Uh, two points. <laughs> and I'll, one catch, one target. This was the week Rondale mm-hmm. returned, right? Mm-hmm. So that's probably why. Uh, yeah. Rondale comes in. He's got the draft capital. He just replaces literally where Greg Dorch was. When's the last time that it's not a defense, you saw somebody start in, our, in this league and then immediately get dropped the next week? <laughs> dropped him in waivers. About, about to be me with Carson Wentz. Dorch, get off my <laughs> roster. <laughs> me 
in my 22-point fab. Yeah, living it. Love it. It's another story. Uh, Cup, man, most consistent player, I think, in fantasy football. It's the Cup show. He did his thing, as always, and Mahomes was solid. Got almost 30 points. But, Chris, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think it's just a trend we're seeing every week with Hayden's team that the running backs are usually his downfall. When you don't have your studs perform, if he doesn't have Jalen Waddle score over 20 points, and if he doesn't have Cooper Cup score close to 30, and he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes score or you know score close to 30, he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. And I mean, you know, he started this year with Cam Akers and Etienne. It's like ooh, spicy on paper, it's spicy. Yeah. And now it's Singletary and Connor, and they're not cutting it for you either. So yeah. It's not great. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing much to add for that. Congrats to Don getting off the Schneid, one thirty nine, very respectful. And uh, I think Hayden is starting to come back down to earth a little bit. Started off one and one, but he put up some respectable totals. And we'll get into that later uh, in the preview. But uh, now I will say though, he will continue to compete. No, oh, yeah, I think he's a competing team that will compete for the playoffs. But this was definitely a down to earth week. I agree. Yep. Absolutely. Congrats to Don on your first win of the year. That moves him to one and three. Hayden drops down to two and two. On to the next matchup. We had Zach and Cooking Up More coming in at 0 and 3, taking on Stretch and 2 and 1. And uh, Aaron, you know the rules. We declared this a win or go home match for Zach. And unfortunately, Stretch defeats Zach. Almost doubles. <laughs> Almost doubles. <laughs> okay, is this the lowest point total in this league history? It's got to be close. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Stretch defeats Zach 160 to 81. Talk about kicking a guy while he's down. Oh my god, Zach, I I hate to give your eulogy, but here we are. I mean, just think back, Aaron. Just think back. There was so much hope this year. He had the top two picks in the draft. He had a big draft day trade that got him two win now pieces. Montgomery, Keenan Allen, you know, expected to be towards the top of their position. He straight up said F dim picks, got Cortland Sutton, traded all of them away. He's going all in for what? Lowest point scorer in the league. And an 0 and 4 record. And yes, yes, I know. Zach did, or uh, Stretch did put up 160 points against you. Like, sheesh. We'll get to that later. But that's not the story here. Zach, you have put up 100 points one time this year. And that was 103 points <laughs> in week two. Barely eclipsing 100. Your team is woefully poor and if there was anybody that just added disrespect it was mark andrews like he was intentionally there at your funeral and just threw dirt on top of your casket with three and a half points this week <laughs> like the guy you rely on to give you to give you a advantage at the position every week three and a half points and that just that just sums up your performance and i mean and add to add true insult to injury and in all seriousness here honestly javante williams going down with a torn ACL and LCL. Um, that sucks, just for football. I mean, he's electric. He breaks tackles. He's fun to watch. So seeing him go down just sucks. But I'm sure it sucks more for you, Zach, because um, obviously he was a pillar to your team. It seemed like he started getting that workload that he expected, and it all just comes crashing down. 
And to even add to that, on, on that injury, you know, I, I read an article according to Dr. Clint Soppy from uh, The Athletic, which I'm is... I'm ready to hear you pronounce this word. a legit one. <laughs> the, he says, the bottom line is that a, oh my goodness, multi-ligamentous knee injury, boom, like you the one that. suffered by Williams, is, quote, definitely more severe than a standard ACL tear. J.K. Dobbins had the same injury, didn't he? He had a very complex ACL tear that uh, if I think it factored in his hamstring, yeah, his LCL, his PCL, like there's a lot of yeah. So I mean that took J.K. Dobbins, I mean year and a half, year and a half to recover from, and he's just now starting to get on the sign. And he did his in preseason. So if you want to take into account the four weeks of this season already, you're looking at assuming their healing is the same. You're looking at next year towards the latter half of the year like week nine or ten next year after christmas and that's just him getting getting going so it's like well maybe not after christmas but definitely after halloween i mean that sucks obviously Traylon burks went down this week as well he's doubtful for probably a few weeks um and i mean getting montgomery and keenan allen back will help maybe i mean at least put up over a hundred you know, for Zach? I think they're consistent. I think Keenan Allen would definitely help him from a PPR perspective. And Dave Montgomery will do his thing. But it's very questionable whether Herbert or Montgomery's the dude. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, I get it. Especially going into next year. Um, and I mean, for Zach, last thing on that, you have to start considering moving your older pieces, right? The Dalvin Cooks, the Keenan Allens. I know, you know, they were a big part of your plan, but 0-4, you lose your stud running back that's going to force you into some moves. So, if you're a win now team, I'd be calling, I'd be I'd be making a I'd be making Zach's hotline bling to say the least. Um, but hey, Brees Hall looks good. Hey, oh, good for. Woo. He, he was at least uh <laughs> one for, you know, one for two in his uh first round draft picks. Traylon Burks, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Oh yeah. We'll yeah. see. I like him. I like him. All right, yeah. But he falls to own four credit to stretch. We won't forget about you. I was about to say buddy. What? I won't forget about you. Second highest point total on the week. And I mean, who needs Kamara? Honestly, Josh Jacobs, 34 points. Derek Henry is snowing somewhere because it was 23 points. It looks like he is back. Um, And quite frankly, with Josh Jacobs, he's looking like the lead dog and could potentially continue throughout the year. Mike Evans came back from suspension, caught two touchdowns and didn't punch anyone. And Debo Samuel reminded us he was Debo Samuel. Did you see his touchdown run? I sure did. Man. He looked very impressive. That's a man. Outside of that, you don't really need much else. I mean, Kyler was fine, and that's all Stretch can really ask for, um, especially with Call of Duty coming up. But he's still trying to figure out the tight end. You know, you tried the Evan Ingram experiment, Gasicki or Smith. Ah, I mean, that's just like the rest of the week. Um, so obviously he plans to get Kamara back, but also Melvin Gordon. It's spicy. He won the sweepstakes. Well, that's that's mean to say. He won the the chances of having Melvin Gordon on your roster after a major injury. So um, that could be a big piece for him if he stays if he stays healthy and stays the lead dog. So obviously, stretch pulverizes, sends Zach into the ground. I am officially declaring Zach's season over as he falls to zero four. Stretch three and one, tied for the top at Kadobo Division. And even though Zach is my arch rival and I just relish in the opportunity to speak against him in any way I can, uh-huh. <laughs> you've already you know, poured into him enough. I think I will just address 
somewhat of you know an obvious thing that the injury bug has just been all over him this it, year. He has, yeah. I mean, every single stud that he has on his team, it seems like, has been injured in a significant way that has missed time. Very, very Clayton season one vibes. Yeah, and I've been in that, you know, type of environment in other leagues in previous years, and it's not a great place to be in. So I do give him some benefit of the doubt there, but this is Dynasty. You're 0-4. Your team can barely put up 100. I'm just very intrigued to see what Zach will do from here. Does he just continue to try and push and say, you know he what? Who has, has to make a move. Like, if you're still in, if you're going to stay win now, you have to go trade for somebody. Right. You have to. If you're going to blow it up, you have to trade somebody. Like, he has to make a move. If you end up stagnant, you're going to end up like Clayton. Just yeah. kind of hanging out. And yeah. you don't want that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Um, I think there will be some movement of, of you know, players like Dalvin Cook, especially at the trade deadline. Because when we get to the trade deadline, it's not just going to be Javante. There's going to be other running backs that are hurt. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, congrats to Stretch there. On to the next matchup. It was a spicy one coming in. It was your boy, Chris, a Team Fair Life coming in at 2-1, and one, taking on Steven, Mount Passmore, top scorer of the league, somehow at 1-2. and two. And Chris defeats Steven soundly in this one, 160-108. to 108. <laughs> And guys, all I got to say is God is on Chris's side seemingly every season. Amen. <laughs> uh, teams just don't perform against him consistently. For the second year in a row, through week four, lowest point total against <laughs> for old Team Fairlife and Chris Mitchum over there. And I actually asked about this on Sunday when I was watching games with Chris. I was like, how do you do it, Chris? I, no, I looked at you and said, when does this become a skill? Like, I don't know how I do it, but like, when does this become like something I'm good at? It's just holding people to low scores. But do you remember your response, though, when I asked you, like, how do you do it? I go to church. You just said prayer. Prayer, baby. That's all, that's all it is. Just I'm not simply, against bringing up Team Fair Life and communion. Absolutely. Simply credited prayer for why opponents struggle so much against him. And hey, whatever works, right? That's right, man. Uh, for Chris's team... When Sa do you win? <laughs> yeah, for, Sa uh, for Chris's team, Saquon is officially back, baby. Let's go. Uh, a top RB1 rest of the season and showing why he deserves to have some respect on that name. Respect. Respect. <clears throat> Chris, let's talk later. I kind of want him on my team. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rashad Penny against the Lions, a smash play. Let's go. <laughs> Dream matchup, and boy, did he deliver with almost a 30-piece nug. We were watching Red Zone and like just laughed every time Rashad Penny went to the end zone. I was like, we're at Rashad Penny again? <laughs> well, Chris, it was funny because you didn't even recognize him. I know. You, I was like, you, is that Rashad <laughs> Every time you were like, is that Rashad Penny? It is. <laughs> He's diving into the end zone. Is it again? <laughs> T.J. Hawkinson. Jesus. Oh, my word, my dude. This guy went nuclear. And you know why? Because Jared Goff had literally nobody else to throw to. Yeah. And it might look like that again next week. <laughs> which I'm scared for. Uh Give him credit, though. Yeah, he took advantage of that fact and is now arguably a top five tight end play this coming week because he may have the same situation. That's right. 
Can we just take a quick second and celebrate DJ Moore scoring over 10 points? Let's get that party music rolling. Let's, let's just, go. He's back. Let's just let's just dive into this. He's right? back without even a touchdown. He's back. I know. He's elite. Exactly. The three-year, $60 million contract man himself. I just want to give you that line, Mike. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah. So that was good to see. Michael Pittman and Gabe Davis, they uh, just straight up didn't show up for you. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not benching them, so. You're not. <laughs> you no, you, stay in there. You never bench them. But you know what? That's okay. When you get production everywhere else and in large outputs, including the Giants defense, which I'm eating my words on that. I talk shit against them, and they come back and – they do their thing against Chicago offense, which is absolute cheeks. Off my roster for I picked up the defense that is playing the Chicago offense. <laughs> which makes sense, and uh, probably the Vikings will do the same thing this week. Uh, for Steven, the pivot to trusting the Jags failed him big time. Yeah. James Robinson and Christian Kirk combined for a little over 10 points. That's gross. Dalton Schultz with a literal goose egg. Oof, jeez. That really hurts. <laughs> yes, it does. Chubb, Herbert, and Fournette. Okay, I'll give it to you. They did their thing, but just up and down your roster, man. The rest of your team just didn't show up, and it's as if they just actually were packing some Chubbs. Ah, I see what you did there. I'll give it that. Yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you are smiling like, yeah, that, I like it. I, that was a good one. I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so it was a de- really down week for Steven. Pretty disappointing, especially given just how explosive his team can be. You know, putting up 192 points earlier in the season. Um, I look for Steven to bounce back in short order. Um, I think it happened as early as this week, even against me. We'll get into that later. But... I think Steven has reason to be optimistic. His team is strong. I think he's just met his maker in consecutive weeks. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, only thing to add is I have a uh, official eyeball emoji of the week later, but if I had to pick a second place, George Pickens on my bench. Just saying, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Pickett, Pickens, Pickett. It's, I, it's I have too a prediction for you, which obviously you're going to be the one to ultimately decide this. But I think George Pickens, by the trade deadline, heading into the playoffs, because I think you are a playoff team, will be in your starting lineup over Gabe Davis. Ooh. Ooh, over Gabe? Correct. You could say, like, you know, Rashad Penny or something, but over Gabe? Correct. Ooh, that's 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 ballsy. That's what we like here. It's spicy. <laughs> spicy. All right, so, yes, I conquer Steven. Move to 3-1, and one, top of the Cadoba division. Steven falls somehow to 1-3. and three. Three Yikes. only better than Zach <laughs> in the Cadoba division. All right. What's uh oh Tim's two and two. That's right. Yeah, only better than Zach in the Cadoba division. We move on to our next game that I do not have to spend a lot of time on because as mentioned in the trade, we had a team that just set his season on fire and it showed going up against Heron. Aaron. Uh, at two and one, playing Clayton in the Red Rocket at one and two, Aaron defeats Clayton one hundred and sixty-seven to ninety. 
three highest point score on the week for Aaron. Congratulations, good sir. He returned to form this week. Um, and for Aaron, I consider this the week of the rebound, baby. The week of the rebound led by the one, the only. <laughs> Let him cook, baby. Let him cook. It smell like bacon in here. It smell like a danger witch in here. Because Russell Wilson, finally, for the love of God, 237 yards, two touchdowns, four carries for one touchdown. He even had a catch for a yard somehow. Is that? I didn't even see catch? that, but yeah, he did. It's in the stat line. Anyway, 31 points, another rebounder for Aaron. Austin Eckler comes out of his cage. Three touchdown game, 33-point explosion. Another rebound for Aaron. Tyreek Hill put up five points last week. Puts up 25 points this week. This is all grand. This is all awesome. He does this without Amon Ross St. Brown, who was out this week, who's been just a stud this year. Just a couple questions left to answer. I mean, can we figure out Najee? I mean, what's going on here? Currently, the running back, 26 on the year. And we have the official eyeball emoji of the week. Slap that on. The two initial crowd pleaser, J.K. Dobbins. 13 carries, 41 yards, and a tutty at four catches, 22 yards, and another tutty with 22 points. Aaron, I know you've been waiting on him. He's been a stud. You drafted him pretty high, and it looks like he finally might be able to deliver for you if he can get over this stupid chest injury that he's dealing with now. But looks like he might finally be here, man, and I'm sure you are very excited about that. Super excited. Grow some hair on your peaches there, JK. Let's get back yeah. out there against the Bengals. I, I think he can fill in that last that last kind of flex spot for you. Because, I mean, before Amon Ra went nuclear, I mean, you'd, you'd be considering Najee, you'd be considering T. Higgins. If, if JK can be just that guy, that dog that you drafted, he's in there, and you have just an all-star starting lineup and amazing depth behind it. Uh, but for Clayton, I mean, like I said, he basically set his team season on fire by trading McCaffrey, and now he's leaning on the likes of Chase Edmonds and Richie James. So um, stay stay competitive out there, my guy. In his defense, he does have some pieces that he's forced to play, but he, you know it, it's obviously for the future. You're looking at Elijah Moore, Drake London, Damian Fierce, even Tyler Algier might get some play time this week. Cordell Patterson's old as dirt, so. Could be looking for his successor there. If he plays well, that could be a big win for Clayton next week, regardless of his result. And unfortunately now for him, he is objectively now more of a bye week than ever before. I mean, there's nobody on this team that scares you, maybe outside of Joe Burrow. I mean, Damian Pierce doesn't scare me. Drake London, as of now, doesn't scare me. Yeah, I was about to say Drake London maybe on some weeks, but yeah, I mean, when, I mean there's, when Marcus Mariota completes seven passes... Yeah. In one week, that's nobody on his team that scares me anymore. So I'm afraid to say 93 points, Clayton, for you going forward might be a little high. So three and one, Aaron, or sorry, yeah, Aaron moves to three and one. Clayton falls to one and three, highest scorer on the week. Good, sir. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, you know what that means. There is one final matchup remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, your game of the week between Tim and Anthony was an absolute crapshoot. Um, I mean, I said it earlier uh, in the in the show. 
really all of the matchups this week were kind of blowouts, and this one was really no exception. Now, granted, this was the matchup to watch last week because this was the matchup with the only two teams with winning records squaring off. We said Anthony is now playing the big dogs from the Cadoba division. Tim is one hell of a big dog to play as your first venture into the opposing division. But this was an absolute statement win from Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth. He beats Tim 158 to 105, moves to 4-0, the only undefeated team in the league. And in my opinion, I mean, this win for him proved that his record was not a fluke. I mean, we said he's played Clayton, he's played Don, he's played you, which, I mean, you're good. But like the other two teams, it's like, eh, okay, you, you can beat those guys. He's 4-0, and this win, I think, shows why. And, I mean, you saw in the first two games, he was doing it largely on the back of Lamar Jackson, Cordero Patterson. They were balling. This week, Lamar Jackson gets him 15 points. Cordero Patterson goes down early, gets him 9 points, and he still put up 158. Why? Because of his new toy, easy running back one, not the running back one anymore, but a running back one, Christian McCaffrey, returns to form. Nine catches is what really put him over the edge with 25 points. And ladies and gentlemen, Jamal Williams. Y'all Such goofy. A good game. How did Such you? A good game. You said not over 15 points for my guy against the Seahawks. Come on. That was that was a miss. It was a Come miss. Come on. I hey, I'm willing I to admit that. I bet that I'm, I'm not letting enough. you guys forget it. I'm man enough to admit that. 23 points for Jamal Williams. And last but not least, his sexy wide receiver core coming into the year. Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb both rebounded well. And Travis Kelsey obviously did his thing. That gets you to 158 points. Now for Tim, I'm kind of calling Tim Stephen Light. And what I mean by that is we said Stephen came out the box hot, but for whatever reason, he started kind of trailing off these past couple weeks. Tim is the same way. Here's Tim's point totals the first four weeks of the season. Week one, 166 points. Week two, 154 points. The last two weeks, 110, 105. I don't really know what's going on. Obviously, Jamar Chase had the big week one. Jonathan Taylor had the big week one. Since then, they really have not been the same. Um, I mean, DK Metcalf has been your best receiver over the past two weeks. I think, obviously, Tim really missed DeAndre Swift this week because Brandon Ayuk did not live up to the DeAndre Swift standard. And I'm kind of sounding, not sounding the alarm, but like trying to wave my hand, being like, hey, Tim, pay attention, because is this what your team does when Jalen Hurts doesn't put up 35, doesn't put up 40? He put up a modest 15 today or last week, so you've only got 105 points. Kind of reminds me of Team Fairlife a little bit. <laughs> like if Josh Allen doesn't put up 35, my team probably ain't going to do too well. And we should not sleep. I know Kyle Pitts has been getting all of the bad tight end headlines. Darren Waller, currently the tight end 12 on the year. Now, he's not tied in 18 like Kyle Pitts is, but the tight end 12 on the year for Darren Waller, you got to expect at least top five from him. So, like I said, I'm slightly nervous for Tim. I think Swift and Hawkins continually being out is going to hurt, but this week shows that he kind of lacks the the boring break the glass, like, I need this guy to just come in and put up 10 or 12, not goose me. I, I You can maybe be that, but I don't want that in the wide receiver 47. I mean, as a who are you going to start in an emergency? Like Josh Palmer, he's not going to do anything when Keenan Allen comes back. Alec Pierce, I mean, he had an okay game, but like you don't feel great putting him in. So 
I think his 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 depth might be starting to claw at him a little bit because we know he has a top starting lineup when everybody's healthy. But um, obviously, brighter days are ahead of him, assuming that everybody stays healthy. Jonathan Taylor already ruled out for tomorrow, so that will certainly hurt. But the big story, Anthony stays undefeated, goes to 4-0. and oh. Nothing really to add from my end. Um, just absolute domination, domination from Anthony in really all facets. And that's going to happen when you've got a guy like Jonathan Taylor who goes down. I mean, Tim traded away so much draft capital, so many good pieces for him to be the RB one. And if, and if he's not the RB one, then it affects his team. And you add that with Jamar chase having just a suboptimal game and Darren Waller, like you said, not being the tight end that we all thought he could be. And as he has been in previous years, it just is a recipe for him to uh, unfortunately not be able to match the point total that Anthony put up. Unfortunately, that is the case. Congrats to Anthony. The undefeated dream stays on. That was your week four review. Before we get into the power rankings, I feel like we had the first notable waiver wire run this week. Obviously, you had the Javante injury. You have the Cordero injury. You know, you had Jameson Crowder and some injuries to the wide receiver core and Buffalo go down. So what's that mean? I just want to get your gut reaction to Zach Welch being the highest bidder. The second highest bidder was 10 bucks on Mike Boone. So Zach probably put in, you know, 15, 20, 25, even high, $75 on Mike Boone. Se- Mike Boone, the Booner, Booner Sooner, Mike Boone, $75. <laughs> yeah, the Booner himself. Why? 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 I for a third down back. I was a bit confused by this because you know that it's going to be a committee here in Denver. And I mean <laughs> like $75 <laughs> that's a lot of money. Zach now has zero fab. He has zero fab now? He's done. No way. He has no more fab. Oh my god. For the rest of the year. So if Mike Boone isn't at the very least, a high RB three. I don't. Really, it has to just be like an effort move, right? Just I'm done. It's got. I'm it, frustrated. It's a frustrated move. Frustration it has to be. Um, That's a lot. But he did say in the chat, you know, I'm when I want a guy, I'm gonna get him. I just, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, <laughs> stretch I, with the what the hell? <laughs> look, I, I put 22 on Carson Wentz, and I feel bad about that. Hell yeah, but. Man, this is this is just even another level. Yeah, yeah. Other highlights: uh, Hayden gets Latavius Murray for ten bucks. I get the one, the only elite Caleb Huntley from Ball State. Ball State University, eight bucks on the squad, and just some various defenses. Geno Smith got picked up. All that fun stuff. So, just wanted to highlight the Mike Boone fun. What do you say we get into some power rankings, Ern? Let's do it. Broncos country. Let's run. And for the week four power rankings. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It was pretty unanimous among the three of us when we did our power rankings independently of each other. Just different than last week. We were all over the place last week. Very <laughs> much all over the place last week. And there's a lot of movement, Chris. 
a lot of movement in the power rankings this week. Well, come on. Let's go. Based off the results. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. In 10th place, moving down a spot. I think we saw it coming after Where he belongs. <laughs> cooking up more. Oh, man. What an absolute fall from oh, grace, especially man. in the offseason with all of the moves he did. Injury bug gets you, and what does that result in? Destination of 10th place. <laughs> Destination, bottom of the power rankings. Yeah. So cooking up more at number 10. At number 9, out of the bottom of the dweller. Let's go. Let's go. Plus one Hell in the yeah. power rankings for the first time, and honestly, it's it's probably been a long time. Uh, Clayton McLean. Let's go. Red Rocket in ninth place. Let's ride. Even after trading CMC and not having the greatest of weeks, he moves up one. In eighth place, at the at the same spot is Team Don Perignon. All right, and Don McCraig. In seventh place, Country Roads take Mahomes and Hayden Westfall. Is that a fall or is he the fall. same? Fall yeah. one? He he fell one spot. All right. Yep. All right. Now, Chris, this is where it gets crazy. <laughs> Here we go. In sixth place, falling three spots. Oh my God. In the power rankings <laughs> is Mount Passmore. Oh. And Steven. Yeah. A one and three record will do that to you. Even though he has some of the highest points yeah. totals four in the league. Dang. Pretty crazy. In fifth place, also falling three spots, is the Mixon administration and Tim Raider. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pretty insane. Wow. Wow. I mean, two weeks in a row, he just hasn't put up the point totals. Right, right. It's a it's a what have you done for me lately league. You gotta produce. It's not just on paper, it's actual results. Fourth place. Moving up three spots in the power rankings. Oh, yeah. Super Camario. All right. He's made some moves, man. That trade for Derrick Henry has definitely yeah. made him more of a contender than he used to be. All right. Congrats, sir. Third place, moving up two spots. The guy across from me, Team Fairlife. I don't feel great about it. <laughs> and Chris Mitchum. <laughs> Well-deserved, especially after having some of the weeks you've had. Sure. You know? In second place, moving up two spots, yours truly. All right. Let Russ Cook and Aaron All right. Hunt. All right. Probably the easiest number one we've had in a while. Oh, unanimous across the board. Don't know how you could put anybody else at number one. Only undefeated record in the league. Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth. Makes sense to me, man. Like I said, statement win last week. Um, he His first Fourier into the Cadoba division, he puts the hammer down, man. That's what you got to do. And did it without Lamar. That's true. That's true. Oh, all right. Well, how about you run through those real quick one more time, and we'll move on to the guarantee. Will do. At 10th, we've got Cooking Up More and Zach. At 9th, we've got Clayton and the Red Rocket. 8, Don and Team Don Perignon. Seven is Hayden and Country Roads take Mahomes. Steven at sixth, Mount Passmore. Number five, Tim and the Mixon administration. Number four, Stretch and Super Camario. Three, Chris and Team Fairlife. Number two is Aaron and Let Russ Cook. 
And number one is Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth. There you have it. Makes sense to me. That is your week four power rankings. Let's move on to the this league. Guarantee. Broncos country. Last week in this league guarantee, we went two for three, which, hey, I got mine right. Titans plus three and a half. Easy money. Tim got his right. Cowboys minus three. Easy money. Aaron, my man. He bet on the under in the Raiders-Broncos. It made sense. It sounded good, but didn't quite happen. Russell Wilson had his best game of the year. Run to some potholes, man. I get it. Hey, I it, get it. It happens, you I know? know. But hey, guess what? It's a new week, and we're ready to make you guys some money. Aaron, I'll let you go first. What is your this league guarantee? Going right back to the well. Broncos minus three and a half against <laughs> you and the Broncos, man. The Indianapolis Colts oh. tomorrow night, and a large reason for that is Colt, because Colts. the Colts in a short week are going on the road into the Mile High Stadium against the Broncos. We're not built to play on a short week. Let's just be honest with ourselves. And with the line in disarray, the way that they're playing, both just interior linemen and our tackles. Leonard's got a concussion. JT's ruled out of this game. I just don't know how the boys in blue get it done on the road. I don't see it. I say slam that spread if you're brave enough to go against our beloved Colts. I'll say right now that I'm not going to do the bet, but I know Colt, it will Go Colts. <laughs> guarantee it. So much so, I'm not going to bet it. <laughs> I will bet my guarantee, though. We're Colts fans. I mean, and honestly... Aaron Lewis saw me doing, and I was going through all the spreads, all the overs. I just, there's a lot of murkiness out there I'm not a big fan of. So I was like, okay, what do I know well? I know the Colts well. And I know that we have not been the fastest starting team this year. So much so that my bet, this league guarantee, Broncos minus two and a half in the first half. Bet that in the first half because the first four weeks of the season, here's what the Colts have been at halftime. Down 10 to 3 against Houston. Down 17 to nothing against Jacksonville. Down 14 to 10 against KC. Down 24 to 10 against Tennessee. Week five, we're slow starting, and I literally just echo everything you just said. I'm not the most confident in them in this game. So the fact that you can bet on the Broncos being up by three at halftime, come on, man. Come on, man. It's easy money. Get on DraftKings. Broncos minus two and a half in the first half. I will say about your so, Aaron, I told you, Colts get up for this game. The Colts get up for these games, man. I said it you in Kansas City. You told me that. You were saying it. Colts get up for these games, and they're not in the AFC South. I just think going to the West Coast is a different animal. All right. Well, obviously with no Tim this week, that is your two-thing parlay. That'd be interesting. Betting Broncos minus two and a half in the first half, minus three and a half in the game. Sounds easy to me, man. Go get you some money. Let's get on to the week five review. Broncos country. Let's ride. 
review, I meant preview. Week five is here. Quick pick em updates. I gotta say it, somebody went perfect last week, and it was your boy. It was Chris. Went 5-0. and oh. Let's go. That moves me in a tie for first with Aaron at 14-6. and six. Tim went 0-4. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. No, wait, I'm sorry. Aaron, Tim got one right last week. He went 1-4 and four last week, and that drops him down to 11-9. and nine. Week 5. It's a juicy one. We got a lot of important matchups, starting with Tim at 2-2, two and two, taking on the... Already home, packed up for the season. Zach and 0-4. And, and as of this recording, Tim is a 56% probability chance of victory against the struggling Cooking Up More and Zach Welch. And guys, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this game because I think that we all know who will likely win this game. Yeah. Who I'm picking. <laughs> which is going to be Tim in the Mixed Administration. However, I don't think it will be a total blowout mm-hmm. as it may have been in previous weeks. And I'll dive into that a little bit here. So when you look at Tim's team, clear advantage at quarterback. Jalen Hurts against the struggling Arizona defense. I think he's going to get it done. And on the opposite end, you got Derek Carr at Kansas City, Arrowhead's always a tough place to play. And it is. And he's not a running quarterback. So I think that the clear advantage is going to be towards Tim on that battle. But I think it gets a little closer as you maybe go down a little bit further to, you know, the flex spots. And when you look at what Tim has rolled out right now as we speak, he's got Palmer for the Chargers and Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers, going up against Khalil Herbert and Corey Davis. Chris, I don't know about you, but it's tough for me to really decide a winner between the two teams on whose flex spots are better because as much as I love Khalil Herbert, I really hate Corey Davis. <laughs> no, honestly, that's actually a perfect like conundrum of how I feel about this issue because like the running backs, I might give the edge to... Zach here, honestly. I mean, Mixon and Jones versus Cook and Hall. Brees Hall's been looking really good. And, like, wide receivers, I like Corden Sutton, but I, I I hate Michael Gallup. And, like, same for the flex. It's like, oh, I love Khalil Herbert, but I hate Corey Davis. Like, there's nobody I hate in Tim's matchup. <laughs> and I think Jalen Hurts actually gives him a significant advantage, which is why I'm taking Tim. But like you, I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, not at all. And I think this is a bounce-back week for Dalvin Cook, where I think he could have a shot at having his highest output of the year against the struggling Chicago Bears. Michael Gallup, though, like you already mentioned, pretty tough matchup. I just think that there's too much talent on Tim's end, even despite some tough matchups, a.k.a. DK Metcalf against Marshawn Lattimore. Mm -hmm. There's just too much there. I think Tim will win this game, but I think Zach will put up a fight and they'll be closer than we think. Yep. I agree. That is... Two picks for Tim, and Tim also picks himself, so that is a clean sweep for Tim. We move on to the next matchup. We have Hayden and Country Roads take Mahomes at 2-2, two and two, taking on the top dog, undefeated Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth at 4-0. and oh. As of this recording, Sleeper giving Anthony a 56% chance of victory. And I mean, the first thing that catches your eye in this matchup is that star-studded quarterback matchup 
Patrick Mahomes on Monday night against the Raiders, taking on Lamar Jackson on Sunday night against the Bengals. Very worthy games to be in prime time. Excited for those. On that one, though, I'm going to give the slight edge to Anthony. Lamar Jackson's been going off this year. He had a 15-point dud last week. Still the number one quarterback on the year. That is how good he has been. And then we look at the wide receiver matchup, right? That is also juicy. Cup and Waddle for Hayden, taking on CD and Jefferson for Anthony. Believe it or not, I'm going to give the slight edge to Hayden here. I think Cooper Cup is that good. Um, He is no doubt going to be putting up, you know, I mean, he he's a guarantee for 20 at least every single oh, week. 100%. Easy. And I think Jalen Waddle has a potential to pop. He's not practicing as of Wednesday, so that is certainly something to keep an eye on. Obviously, CD and Justin Jefferson aren't aren't scrubs, but um, I like the matchups for Waddle and Cup a little better than I do Lamb and Jefferson, and a Cup, I think, gives him the edge. But everything else on this matchup, big, big edge for Anthony. Um, I mean, I think McCaffrey puts Anthony on another level on his team, which is scary to think about considering how good he was. Um, it's been really been masterful trade moves by him. I mean, he improved his flex spots significantly with Amari Cooper and Jerry Judy from stretch for me, but he base and he's basically swapped out Derrick Henry for Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, great moves on his part. Um, and there's some lineup considerations for him. I mean, do you put a Zeke or a Isaiah McKenzie over a Jerry Judy, you know, maybe an Amari Cooper. I don't know. Um, but I'll ask you, uh, you want to make another Jamal Williams bet this week against the against the Patriots? I'll I will keep your 15 point line. You think he gets another 15 this week? I do. If, uh, of course, if Swift's out, Swift's probably out. But if Swift's out, I think Jamal Williams easy gets over 15 against the Patriots. I, I don't think I bet you again on that. I think you got to ride Jamal Williams against the Patriots Aww. on the road. I think he he eclipses it. All right. But I don't think he scores as much as he did this week. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no, no. You can, yeah. It's hard, a lot harder to run on the Patriots than the Seahawks. I just want to see if you wanted to look silly again because my boy Jamal Williams is about to pop off again. Real quick on Hayden. Um, he's really come back down to earth. We already mentioned uh, the past few weeks. Weeks one and two, he put up roughly 140 points both those weeks. Weeks two and three, he has struggled putting up 115. And I mentioned earlier again, we loved what we saw in ETN, Connor, Cam Akers in his lineup at the beginning of the year. He got rid of Cam Akers. But now, I mean, ETN belongs on his bench where you should. And if I had another option over James Connor against the Philly off uh, defense, I'd probably bench him as well, but he doesn't really have any options to do that. you got to start Connor. He certainly has a chance here, Hayden, but I think he needs a lot to go his way. Romeo Dobbs can maybe do something, but nah, I don't know. I think Anthony takes this one, not in a landslide, but rather comfortably. I think Hayden's only shot is if he gets a one-two punch of 40-point performances from Mahomes and Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd almost say Jalen Waddle too. Like you need a big Jalen Waddle performance if he plays again against the Jets, which is possible. But if he gets monster performances from at least those two guys, but potentially those three, including Jalen Waddle, I think he's got a shot at winning. Outside of that, I just don't see it. Well, there you go. We take Anthony and Tim is taking Hayden. He's looking to get catch back up in those pick'em rankings. He takes Hayden for this matchup, which hey. I don't hate it. Let's move on to the next game. We have Clayton at one and three in the Red Rocket taking on Don and Team Don Perignon also at one and three. 
and as we have notably called it before, the Toilet Bowl All right. commences once again between the number eight and nine teams in the power rankings. Don has a 57% chance of victory over Clayton this week as of this recording. And if we look up and down the rosters that are going to be laid out for both of these teams as of now, that makes sense. I think Damian Harris has a juicy matchup against Detroit at home. Yes, he do. That is exciting to see. Miles Sanders going up against the lowly Arizona defense, albeit on the road. I just like Don's running backs so much better this week as opposed to Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, my name is Jeff. And Chase Edmonds, who wouldn't have even scratched double digits if it wasn't for that just fluke touchdown, in my opinion. That's that's the past two weeks for him. Yeah. yeah. Very touchdown dependent. And then you just go up and down the roster. Richie James is has a questionable tag, so who knows if he's even going to play. But if he does, is it really, like, will he even get his projection of seven points? I don't think he will. I, 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 I don't know anything about Richie James. I was surprised when I clicked on his name and saw he's been in the league for four years. I was like, where, where was he? Do you know where he played before New York? I, I have no idea. The 49ers, his best uh, fantasy finish, he in 2020, he played 11 games and finished as the wide receiver 103. Wow. So uh, Didn't even make the top 100. There you go. And that was his best year. The NFL has a top 100 <laughs> they vote on, and Richie James wasn't even in the top 100 wide receivers. Yes, correct, probably. Wow. What is that? Uh, and then... Yeah, okay, like we've said, we like Drake London, we like Damian Pierce, we like some of the young pieces for Clayton, but you just look at the other side, and you got Alan Lazard, who, yes, has a questionable tag, but if he's healthy, he's the number one option in Green Bay. Tyler Higby just came off a 17-point performance. He probably will continue to eat in that offense as a safety blanket for Matthew Stafford. Chris Olave against Seattle, give me that all day long. And then Marquise Brown, he's just a target hog, especially with DeAndre Hopkins not coming back until next week. That's right. So I think all of those things considered, I just really like what Don's rolling out. I think Sleeper's not going to tell any lies in this one. I like him to win fairly comfortably. Yeah, it's not so much I love what Don's rolling out. It's just what Clayton's rolling out is really really gross so um not much to add there i think don takes this one also fairly comfortably i'm having a hard time finding any avenue of victory for clayton honestly i'm trying to be nice but it's just richie james that's all i'll say richie richie james let's move on to the next matchup which on any other week i think this could be your matchup to watch i love this matchup we have aaron and let russ cook at three and one taking on steven somehow as we get, I say again, somehow at one and three, Sleeper is giving the one and three Steven and Mount Passmore a 55, 55% chance of victory over Aaron, who is at three and one, like I said. Now, there's a lot riding on this game. From Aaron's perspective, Anthony, you know, he's playing, uh, uh, shoot, who's Hayden. He? Yeah, he's playing Hayden this week. We just said he's probably going to win that one. You could see him moving to 5-0 and this week. Aaron has to keep up in the Chipotle division at 3-1. and And for Steven, obviously, I mean, 
He's staring one in four in the face right now, which is just unheard of. No way you would think that, especially after week one. Staring at one and four in the face. Now, this is the battle of the quarterback teams. I mean, both teams with four quarterbacks on their roster. Aaron is selecting, as of now, Kirk Cousins playing versus Chicago. One o'clock game over the likes of Russell Wilson, over the likes of Carson Wentz, over the likes of Trevor Lawrence. When you look at Steven, he's selecting Justin Herbert playing over the likes of Tom Brady and the QB5 on the year. Jared Goff <laughs> choosing Jared. Or that just me. sounds gross to say. I know. Justin Herbert on that one. Aaron will obviously be praying to the fantasy injury gods this week. Kyle Pitts out on Wednesday. Amon Ross St. Brown out on Wednesday. J.K. Dobbins out on Wednesday. Um, obviously, none of those are super alarming as of this writing. Maybe Amon Raw, perhaps a little bit. But and even T. Higgins was limited. I think he'll be fine. But, um, you know, if you have the two holes in your league, say if, you know, J.K. and Amon Ra don't play, do you turn to the Pittsburgh well? You got Najee, Najee Harris on the bench as of now, which credits to the quality of your team that you can bench somebody of the quality of Najee. And also Deontay Johnson, he's on the bench as well. Kareem Hunt's not looking like that break-the-glass solid running back two this year since Nick Chubb has just been taking names this year. Um, so... It, the way the way the lineup is set, Aaron looks good. But for Steven, it's a bit more interesting with the roster selection here. I mean, Aaron, let me ask you. Why why would you play the number four running back overall right now in the league when you have the um, checks notes? Wide receiver 20 and the running back 16 in your lineup. I mean, why? why, why? Yeah, let's just bench the running back four. Let's, let's just do it. I get it. I get it. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been crazy efficient. This is probably not sustainable, but you're looking at four straight weeks now. It's like it looks like he did bench Clyde Edwards-Helaire. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Like why? Why? I mean, you're starting the running back 16 and wide receiver 20 over him, and it's like I get it. It's he's not efficient, but when are you just going to accept? Like this man's just getting touchdowns. I mean, you have to stay in the flames if you can. I don't know why he's on your bench. I'll be honest, especially playing somebody like Aaron. You need all the firepower that you can get. Um, he's shifting away from James Robinson as well, which I think is interesting only after one bad week. Um, you know, I, I would consider him probably more consistent than a Mike Williams, but you know, he's shifting away for him and they're playing Houston. So got to like that, but I guess he's continuously going to be putting his faith in Christian Kirk instead of James Robinson against the Houston. So there's, there's some questions. There's just some questions, Steven. I'd love to talk. <laughs> just want to chat about your lineup. There's some interesting decisions there. But unfortunately for him, I think he was maybe hoping to rely on Michael Thomas this year. But Michael Thomas is once again being Michael Thomas injured on the injury report. Don't know when he is coming back. This is easily the highest projected point total on the week. This one was not easy. I've thought about it. I've meditated. I've really gone back and forth. And I'm still going back and forth. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Aaron, though. Um, I just feel like his players are more consistent. Mike Williams is not consistent. George Kittle is not consistent. Christian Kirk is Christian Kirk. Um, you know, Aaron's team, you could argue, has been underperforming, but at least you know what you're getting from those guys. None of them are going to goose you, unless you're Kyle Pitts, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Aaron, but it's got to be close, man. I love this matchup. 
And I'm going to roll with Steven. Oh, wow. I, every year, it seems like my toughest matchups is Anthony week one and then Steven week five, week six, you know, starting to get into the Because you play the rest of the Chipotle division in between that. <laughs> the, meat, the meat of the season. Um, it's always tough. And I think that Steven's just got some guys that really scare me in his lineup who can put up really big point totals to where he could easily do another 190 this week, just as sure. easily as yeah. he could do another 100, which is just the scary thing about it. So I think I'm not going to goose, like you said. I could easily see myself putting up a 140, but I don't know if Steven's I, scary. I don't know if I get to a 180, 190. He is scary. Tim is also taking Steven here. So it looks like you guys didn't learn your lesson from last week. It's not body jaw into pickums, but uh, I'm taking Aaron. Aaron and Tim are taking Steven. We have one final matchup this week, and you know what that means. It is your matchup to watch. Two winning record teams, the only matchup like it this week. We have your boy, Team Fair Life, at 3-1, and one, taking on my arch nemesis. He's back. We've been kind the past couple weeks, but that ends now. And I'm talking about Stretch and Super Camario also at three and one. And this is also going to be a pretty close matchup, just like the one we just talked about. Me and Steven, sleeper as of this recording, 52% chance of Team Fairlife. Let's go. And Chris Mitchum winning. Here we go. Projected 137 go. over a 132 for Stretch. And let's just start with Chris's side of things, shall we? Mm-hmm. We always start with the Stallion. He's great. Projected for 29 points. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like Sleeper never projects things that high. <laughs> I mean, that's a very high point total. It makes sense, though, because the Steelers are going to be without TJ Watt. Are they going to be without Minka Fitzpatrick? I think they might I be. hope so. Yeah, he's I hurt. Know. I think he got hurt last game. So they could potentially be without him. Look for a big game, especially at home against the Steelers. And then you got Saquon Barkley. Okay, yeah, he's good. He's pretty good. He's good. He's one of the more consistent running backs in all of fantasy. Playing in London, over the pond. Grab yourself some tea and crumpets, mate. Get the first half in before y'all go to church. Okay. Easy money I, there. I don't know if I... Do I got to go to the early service to pray for Saquon? Crap. Probably need to. Crap. I usually go to like the 11. It's right fresh in God's brain hey. whenever week one kicks off. Or sorry, when the week kicks off. Hey, get that communion in early. Got to go to the 9 o'clock service. God. <laughs> and then Fortune just drops in your lap with Naheem Hines. Getting to plug him in on Thursday. Colts fan. Get to watch him on Thursday Night Football, baby. I can't wait to see him run for two yards carry. Yep. <laughs> And then you just continue to go down the line. You've got other guys that are very solid. You've got some questionable tags, Hawkinson and Rashad Penny. We'll see if those are serious or not. Don't love those matchups for them. But Rashad or uh, Ramondre Stevenson against Detroit, I mean, anybody eats against them. You know so. who played Detroit last week on my team? Rashad Penny. <laughs> That's correct. So... You got some good matchups there. Michael Pittman also on Thursday Night Football. It'll be fun to watch. However, on Stretch's side, I like a lot of his matchups too. Uh, Derrick Henry against Washington. 
It's Yeti season. Yeah, it's going to get gross. It's, it's probably going to be cold in D.C. Season. God. I expect him to get 30 carries at least. Kyler Murray going up against Philadelphia, sure. They're a really tough defense, but you know what that means, Chris? They're going to have to throw the ball. Yes, right. And they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Yep. yep. And so I like Kyler Murray for that reason. I could see the Eagles blowing out the Cardinals in the first half, and then you get all the garbage time for stretch at the QB position. Mike Evans against Atlanta, that's pretty hot. Debo Samuel at Carolina, very hot. Josh Jacobs coming off a big performance against the Broncos, another divisional opponent on Monday night. If he get into the end zone a couple times, that's pretty good. And then when you get to start Alva Kamara in your flex spot against Seattle, that's I know he's been hot. struggling. But is that not a get-right spot for Alvin Kamara against a very vulnerable Seattle defense? This is going to be a close one, guys. It will be very, very close. I wavered back and forth. Who do I take? And I'm going to roll with stretch. Wrong answer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you would say that. But I think I just like some of these juicy matchups a little bit better than I do some of the matchups that are tough on your side. And I think, honestly, the difference for a stretch is I think Kamara gets right this week. Mm. If he plays, if he's healthy, I think he gets back to normal Kamara against the Seahawks. And so that's why I'm taking stretch. That would certainly suck for me because all of a sudden stretch has four really good running backs and two really good receivers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's scary. But I'm taking me this week for the same reason I took me against Steven last week. I'm not shy to say Steven has better players than I do. Not shy to say Stretch has better players than I do. But we're, we're, we're playing the same story here. Hawk is going to be the only dude in Detroit at New England. Ramondre's playing Detroit. So Rashad Penny last week. And, like... Shari Penny start. I don't know. I'm leaning towards maybe Bobby Woods, DJ Moore, maybe. I don't know. But um, I just think those guys and their blow up potential in these games will put me over the top. I'm not confident, but I got to roll with the boys. Tim's also rolling with the boys. Two for Chris, one for Stretch. I'll be on the island. I'll be on the island. That's right. So uh, I think Stretch deemed this the pretender bowl. (laughs) As in, like, we are, I'm pretty sure we are the third and fourth, yeah, third and fourth highest scorers in Cadoba, but one and two. (laughs) So this is the, but honestly, I mean, this is kind of a big game because the winner takes sole possession of Cadoba and will have what is likely probably a two game lead in the Cadoba division. So that's that's pretty nice. That's that's pretty nice. I'm not no way am I saying that's like playoffs guaranteed or anything, but like that gives you a really good buffer going into the latter half of the year. So yeah. A third of the season is over after this <sighs> Don't week. say that. Don't say that. That makes me sad. It's pivotal. That makes me sad. Uh okay. Well ladies and gentlemen, that was your week five preview. Lots of juicy ones. Definitely keep an eye on the the me and stretch matchup. But I'm really keeping an eye on the Aaron Steven matchup. I like that a lot. I like that one a lot. The rest of them are fine. Zach, first one of the season, maybe, maybe. Tim has a Tim has a habit of giving people wins that they should not get. So, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Love you. Let's wrap this one up. 
As always, you can find us www.thisleaguepod.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, thisleague underscore pod. Same username for both. And as always, comment, share, rate us well, and smash that like button. I couldn't really think of anything else. Annihilate it. Oh, wow, wow. Destroy it. it. Jesus Christ, just click the like button. I'm not trying to break anything. All right. Jeez. Freaking, freaking click it, Ann. I mean, I had to replace Tim. I get it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to him. All right. Aaron, you got anything else for the good people at home? No, sir, I don't. Just say some prayers for the boys in blue tomorrow. Oh, my God, please. Go horse. Go horse. Jeez. I'm your boy, Chris. Love you guys. I'm out. And I'm Aaron. Go on and get My volume as well. I'm probably going to be here, so it's mostly in the green. I dig it. Aaron, your turn. I am here, and I am really scared about the Colts tomorrow in the Mile High City. I think we're going to be taken out back and beat brutally. <laughs> it's not going to be fun, but I'm going to watch it with you, Chris. So that'll yes, we be are. Fun. And I think Chloe Two might be dudes. able to come over. Let's go. Yeah. Let's ride. So hopefully Alyssa can come over. Yeah. Yeah. Just see where the night takes us. That sounded really weird. I'm not going <laughs> to.